The food service and hospitality industries are evolving, often in ways you've never heard of, until now. Our host and technovator, Rob Grimes, is the leading voice of global food service and hospitality technology. Powered by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association, IFBTA, the Accelerate podcast is where technology and ideas are shared, served with a side of new innovation. Welcome to the Accelerate podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Accelerate podcast powered by the IFBTA. I'm Rob Grimes, your host, and this week, we're going to be exploring some of the peripheral industries that have impact on what we do in hospitality and food service technology. Now, what exactly do we mean by peripheral industries? Well, there are lots of places to look for technology, and I'm a believer you don't always have to do the custom technology development route. So sometimes what you can find is actually available somewhere else. But let me just sort of clarify this a little bit. So somewhere else could mean another geography, so some other part of the world, you may be able to find the technologies that you're looking for and they're already developed. But sometimes other industries have developed technologies that we can adapt and use within hospitality and food service. And of course, anytime that we can use something that exists or off the shelf, so to speak, it makes it easier for us to be able to uh, use these technologies and adapt them for our own use. So that's really a key area to explore. So I'd like to talk about some of the things that I see when I travel and when I go visit with the other uh, industries. And of course, one of the benefits that I have uh, serving the IFBTA is the fact that we are able to partner with other industries looking at food and beverage technology. But in partnering with them, you tend to learn what they are about, what technologies they have. And then sometimes you go, aha, this really could work. So obviously, we started with CES, which we talked about in, in the last couple of episodes, and that's where you find the consumer things. But top of mind for me is the National Retail Federation, and it's called The Big Show. And The Big Show was just held last week. The IFBTA actually uh, hosted and helped to develop a food tech pavilion and a stage there where a lot of technologies for food tech were talked about. But when we talk about food tech in the retail industry, we're not necessarily talking about uh, just uh, restaurants. You know, we're talking about all areas of food service. We're talking about convenience stores. We're talking about grocery. And actually, there are general retailers and, and specialty stores that have food service uh, in them as well. People like Tommy Bahamas or any department store uh, like Nordstrom's that has food service in it. And so you'll see those as well. And then, of course, you have markets uh, which are retail that appear in other areas as well. So the Food Tech Pavilion had many speakers uh, in it, and they came from different segments, including grocery, including C-Store. Uh, but what you start to learn when you listen to it, it is that there's a lot of overlap between these industries. And we have many common themes. And one of the things that I've learned about that is that sometimes, sometimes, Things are developed in an industry because they didn't know that something else existed outside. And a great example of that is many years ago, I would attend a conference called Wits and Bits. And Wits and Bits stand for wine industry technology and Bits was beer industry technology. Well, if you think about that, this was hosted uh, in Napa Valley. If you think about it, wine or wineries who have uh, technology have also some of the highest rated and some of the most reserved places on open table. Why? Because they have tasting rooms. And then they go ahead and they have restaurants. 
and some of them have taken it to next step. Some restaurants have actually developed themselves as wineries. So you take a look at somebody like Cooper's Hawk out there that might do that. So what they were doing when I went there and I was asked to speak at this conference is I'm looking at this. I'm looking at point of sale. I'm looking at reservation systems. I'm going, hey, why did you develop your own? And they're like, well, it doesn't exist. And in fact, it did exist. It, it, obviously, it exists in the food service, the restaurant industry. And, but yet they didn't look. Yet on the other hand, if you reverse it and you look the opposite, you might see things in those industries that we can apply. And a good example of that is, uh, for instance, a number of years ago, uh, the restaurant industry, and, and it still happens, in some jurisdictions are faced with the idea of having to do a calorie counting on receipts or on digital menu boards or on the menus themselves. And as we all know, as that kind of legislation uh, becomes stricter and stricter, what happens and, and also uh, people are going gluten-free, they, uh, they can't have nuts, they have peanut allergies and things like that. That also uh, creates a liability issue for us. And so a lot of times we in the hospitality uh, industry are forced to go ahead and figure out how do we disclose that and make it available to the customer. But as we all know, if you go ahead and you remove the ketchup from something or you go ahead and you cook something more well done, it's going to change the calorie count. Well, who does that? I mean, who, who looks at the health things? And when this question came up, well, an answer is healthcare does. Hospitals. Hospitals and healthcare have been doing this for years. Anyone who has had the, uh, had the opportunity, I don't know if it's, it's really not an opportunity, but anyone who's been a patient knows that today in a hospital and for all these years, you could order your meals. In the old days, you would go ahead and order meals on a piece of paper and according to the doctor's orders, they would tell you what you could have and what you couldn't have, okay? But they also knew whether you could have salt, you couldn't have salt, if there was an allergy. I mean, the same thing if you have surgery, you have to put down if you have any allergies to latex or if you have any allergies to uh, certain types of drugs. So they won't let you do this. Well, they do that in the healthcare industry when it comes to food. And by the way, some of the people that are providing the food are companies that we know very well, uh, the Compass, uh, Sodexos, the Aramarks, people like that, uh, many of the other ones uh, that do the healthcare industry, and yet they do other uh, parts of food service as well. So those technologies for calorie counting, for looking at different types of food, they existed in another place. So we come back to the NRF and the Food Tech Pavilion. So one thing that I saw at NRF this year was their innovation lab. Now they have this every single year. So what do you do? You, well, you go in the innovation lab and you're looking at NRF, which by the way, as I said earlier, covers all areas of uh, retail. And you want to see what new technologies are going to be there. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. In the past, when I've gone to the innovation lab, I would see technologies that two or three years earlier, I might have seen at CES. And then all of a sudden, they come out and there they are. So I've seen uh, robots uh, that have been there. I've seen uh, you know digital signage that's been there. Well, this year, it's funny. Because as I mentioned in the past episode, I went and visited CES about a week before going to NRF in New York. Now, it's always, it's always that way. So you, I always call it a tale of two cities because you get to go to Las Vegas the first week of the year and then the second week of the year or the third week of the year, I go to New York City and I go to NRF. And so I get to do a comparison between what's out in the consumer industry and then what's actually available in retail. And it's a, it's a very good thing to take a look at because consumers are, you know, retailers are selling to consumers, obviously. So... The speed of technology finding its way from the consumer side 
to the retail side is instantaneous today. And there are two or three technologies that I saw at both places, having to do with vending, having to do with robotics, and also with the wireless charging from the ceiling, which I talked about in our CES episode. But there were some things that I saw that I, I thought were different. And I thought, wow, I haven't really seen those in food service and hospitality, yet they're, they're certainly applicable. So we don't need to discuss the data analytics or, or wait a second, maybe we do need to discuss data analytics because everybody's throwing that term out there and it means different things to different people. By the way, you do need to get your terminology right. And one of these days, we're going to go ahead and we're going to create a dictionary. Hey, asterisk, great idea. You know, I think the IFPTA might do that. But create a dictionary of common terms because if you use point of sale, in some areas of retail, what does that mean? It means the credit card devices or it means the candy that's sitting up in front of you at the grocery stand, you know, in a grocery store. But if we use point of sale in all those places as well, we may mean the cash registers. And so you really have to know those terms. So data analytics is, is actually sort of the same thing. Uh, if we think about data analytics, there's an awful lot of data that's available to us internally and externally. And we have a hard enough time using what we have internally, but we want to go ahead and we want to mix it with the external. Well, a lot of the data, especially in retail stores, you can see coming from cameras. And as you know, any retail store has cameras pretty much everywhere, you know, and it's at the front, uh, you know, it's at the front door, it's out in the parking lot, it's if it's a gas station, it's out the gas station, and it's inside. And cameras have certainly been a big part of retail. And when you take a look at it, cameras are used for a number of different things. Uh, they've been used for years of tracking people, obviously, it's anti-theft and surveillance uh, in there. But they found a new use for the cameras with data analytics. If you take the existing uh, data feeds that are coming in from the cameras, the retail area, and some of this was in the innovation lab at NRF, is able to go take a look and do something called a planogram, which means where you place things within the store. and when you place it in the store, you want to know who's looking at it. Well, who's looking at it may be a man or a woman or a child, a boy or a girl. Uh, where do they stop? What do they look at? And there's a lot to learn from that. Well, we saw cameras in the innovation lab uh, that in fact were being used to take the normal data feeds, but take a look at more of the flow of traffic and where people weren't going and what they were doing, but really do data analytics and analyzing, uh, you know, the, the experience and the traffic of the customer. Well, we have cameras as well, obviously, in food service and hospitality. And we take a look at that in the drive-through. We take a look at that behind the scenes in the kitchen, in the office. And those same themes of the data analytics, I think retail is ahead of us, can be used to go ahead and use, like the planogram, how to effectively put out equipment and things like that. And that's what I was seeing. We also saw holograms. Now, holograms, uh, seemed to be hot. And that was one of those things that I uh, took some videos, uh, which will be on the web shortly uh, on my website. But we took some videos of holograms uh, at CES. Same company was actually at NRF. And in the innovation lab, you walked up to the innovation lab. Who did you see welcoming you as a hologram? But Matthew Shea, the CEO of the NRF. And he's welcoming you, telling you what is going to be in there. And it was a, a very easy technology to use, uh, but you would think that you were standing there with him. But the other things that they were doing at CES on the hologram side was the ability to actually uh, talk to uh, the holograms uh, and answer questions. 
And so uh, they had some uh, actors and people that were actually filmed that you could ask them a question. Now, we also covered that, by the way, in our last episode where we were talking to Stephen D. Smith about how he was uh, doing the recordings of uh, people and doing uh, instant reactions. Well, it's finding its way into retail as well. Uh, Digital displays and mirrors. Mirrors have been around for a while, uh, but also the idea of being able to try on clothing and fit clothing at home. I always look at things like that and I think, okay, so the next generation is showing somebody what a room is going to be like or what we're going to be like in a room uh, or what the food is going to look like uh, could use this technology. Now, we are starting to see uh, in the hotel industry and the restaurant industry the idea of three uh, 60-degree concepts. Uh, and being able to look around the environment and visualize a room. But we see that at home. And so we see retailers not only trying on clothes this way to see what it looks like, but allowing us to go ahead and use their technology to show something that we buy and where is it going to fit? How is it going to look in our office? How is it going to look at home? Do we want to change the color? And those are technologies that we can use as well as we want to show people food and we want to show people a room as they travel. Uh, Gig workers. You know, we all have a labor uh, shortage, and obviously the retail industry uh, does as well. One of the things in the innovation lab at NRF uh, had to do with gig worker apps. And the interesting thing about it is the one company that I was looking at was saying that they also uh, did gig worker apps in the food service industry. But what we're not talking about here is the gig worker apps as they relate to delivery, Uh, which is certainly an area that, you know, uh, people have their own staff or they need to supplement their staff. But the idea of being able to share uh, workers uh, between different environments to do what I would call um, normal everyday tasks that don't require a high skill set or training. Now, I look at the gig worker apps to be able to match the training and I see how it's available out there. And and the one app I was looking at was uh, in many different countries. Um, I look at that and I go, well, wait a minute. If I have an inventory of skill sets, especially in in the hospitality industry, where I need to know who has the skills to do different labor, and they are trained skills. So, uh, and we have regulations and things we need to do with uh, food safety uh, and with safety and security and things like that. Uh, We have other types of skills that we need that are universal and can be used across multiple operations. We all know that when we are slow, you have to have your most skilled worker on because they have to be able to do more things. But when you're busy, you are able to use a worker who can only do one particular area or another, you know, and that's the easiest to train and then you train them more. Well, if those skill sets are captured online, just like this company was capturing general skill sets so that people could do mystery shopping, people could do inventory, people could do maintenance, uh, people could do, uh, you know, cleaning up and things like that. Um, you know, that, that is something we could use on the skilled side as well of people who have, you know, the grill experience, what type of grill experience, have they worked in this type of operation or not? You know, there's all kinds of experiences that people have. We don't really have that universal skill set that could be used. But if they take this application and really move it to the skilled areas within hospitality and food service, we have something there that we can use. I thought that was very interesting as an application. And then, of course, like everybody else, autonomous delivery Uh, Not the drones. There were drones there for sure. But delivery vehicles, the hot and cold and featuring lockers inside of them were some of the things. There were a lot more things in the innovation lab uh, that that, uh, I found very interesting as well. And we'll come back to just a couple things about NRF uh, in a little bit. Um, But what I'd like to do 
is take a transition and uh, start talking about what are the themes and things we see within the other industries. Uh, but before we do, I do want to remind you that I'm talking about things that I see as cool ideas. They're, they're the ideas and the things that get me excited, but I see them all the time. And it's great because if you're like me and you're constantly exploring, seeking, feeding your passion with new technology and innovation, well, you need to share it. It doesn't matter if it's for your work within our industries or for your own personal use. Uh, you know, for me, I'm always looking at the phones. I'm looking at the gadgets. I love gadgets. And if you see something that just makes you say, wow, it doesn't really matter whether it applies or not, take a picture of it, take a video, send the link, or just pass it on to me directly at coolideas at robertgrimes.com so we can explore, learn, and share together and start a conversation. And who knows, it might even find its way to another Accelerate episode. And by the way, speaking of Accelerate, to subscribe or if any of you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions, you should send us a note to Accelerate at FoodableTV.com. So let's go ahead and shift over. And let's take a look at what we can learn or what I have learned or what I see going on in some of these other industries. And in, an, in a future episode, I think it would make some uh, sense to actually talk about how you get to or how do you see these things, although I have every intention of continuing to travel and cover them as well. So there are some crossover industries that we see out there as we start to talk about. Generally, I call them the peripheral industries. The ones that work have the same kinds of uh, issues, challenges, and things with us. The ones, sometimes they cross over today and they actually have food service or they have hotel embedded them or hotels have, have these uh, industries embedded in them. And that's our opportunity to take a look at some of those technologies. Remember the example I gave you up front, wits and bits, you know, healthcare. You know, that is our opportunity to think outside the box. And unless you're inventing, then it's inside the box. But to think outside the box and be able to apply some of these things to what we are looking for and concepts that will work for us in what we need. And so it isn't always about uh, inventing our own something. It's about where you look and, um, and vice versa. So let's look at that. So we talked about consumer electronics done. Okay. Vending is really hot. Vending at CES, vending at NRF. Don't know if you knew it, but there's a vending show out there. And actually, the vending show has gotten so big that they sometimes uh, have a coffee and tea show as well. And vending comes under a group called NAMA, uh, which is the Merchandising Association. But vending is big. But vending is not, it's not, you know, your parents' vending machine, so to speak. You know, uh, there's a lot of very interesting technologies that come out of the vending industry. So micro markets. So when COVID hit, micro markets got hot. So anybody who went to an airport or goes to an airport today, the idea of self-checkout and, and uh, picking up things uh, or maybe like Amazon on go on the go where you can go ahead and uh, they are able to scan what's coming off the shelves. Those are micro markets. They go in small spaces. Uh, we're able to go ahead and buy things. You'll start to see those more in hotels. We see them in airports, travel plazas, colleges, universities. Uh, but micro markets uh, use a lot of vending technology. And vending technology can scan items, recognize what they are. Oh, by the way, when I use the word scan, it may not be the traditional scan of a QR code or a barcode. It might be the scan of the item itself, where there's a library and you're able to see 
what it is, you know, is it a banana? Is it this? Is it that? And recognize, by the way, that was one of the things that I did see uh, in uh, using, using cameras at the, the NRF Innovation Lab. So what we'll see is micro markets. We also start to see a lot of digital marketing uh, appearing on places where we don't expect it. So if you're thinking about vending, uh, the place where you wouldn't expect it, but it is out there, it's actually on the front of a vending machine. You have a see-through version it's glass, but now that we have glass that we can actually display on, why not go ahead and show and display on those things uh, advertisements or what you have or the recipes? And some of them are touchscreens. So they actually start going into uh, the vending. Also, vending has to use many different payment types and contactless is a big area. One of the new things I'm uh, noticing in vending technology is actually new places or new types of products that are being offered by vending. Very specifically, I've been taking pictures going through airports of salad bar vending machines. That's very interesting to me because all of a sudden we start seeing fresh foods. And I'm not talking, you know, packaged salads. I'm talking about ones that actually can be packaged and you choose what you want to have in them. We're also starting to see alcoholic uh, vending machines. Now, that was a challenge in the past. But on the other hand, I would tell you that the delivery of alcohol was a challenge as well. And COVID made that one accelerated so that you could go ahead and uh, have delivery of alcohol. Well, what are the key aspects of alcohol delivery? Well, it's the packaging of it, but it's the ID checks uh, that are in there and also how you dispense uh, more than the ID checks. So we start to see alcohol uh, dispensing machines, and I've seen two types that are out there. One type is the one that's just doing bottles and, and it's doing cans and things. And I saw that at CES. Uh, and the other type is a vending machine. I actually saw one at uh, Florida International University uh, Hospitality School yesterday, um, which is able to fully dispense. It's, it's a vending machine bartender. It, it looks like a, uh, a slot machine. It has a bartender who can talk to you. Uh, it's an animation and ask you what kind of drinks. And then those drinks are poured into a glass and dispensed to you. But again, we've got to come back to the ID check. And then we need to talk about how a camera might be used on that. And that I've seen in both. So as we start to think about ID checks and cameras, remember, you could take this kind of technology and move it over to point of sale devices. You can move it over to the restaurant industry. You can move it to a handheld or a self-check that somebody has when they're ordering at the table. So that's why I say we look at something that comes out one place, we use it somewhere else. And by the way, if we talk about the convenience store industry, obviously they can use this as well because they're selling cigarettes, they're selling, uh, they're selling alcohol and beer or wine. So there's a cutover on this. But these technologies are made as self-standalone technologies for vending. And so what they'll do is they'll use a camera and they'll use a scanner to scan your ID go out to the databases, but also use the camera to compare your ID to make sure it's really you. So nobody's passing it. But what I found most interesting about some of the vending technology in this area is the concept that not only are we seeing is it you, but we also are not allowing you to buy more than is legally allowed. And also by use of a camera and being able to scan a face, which, which we talked about in an earlier episode from CES, which could have some uh, legal implications, of course, in it, you can tell if somebody is inebriated or not. And, and I think that that's, you know, certainly we don't want to dispense that way. Uh, but that's coming out. And then organizations like the convenience store industry, you know, have a short check uh, that they're trying to get out there that is an automated tool. So the more this comes out there, the more opportunity we have. And that vending 
will appear in hotels. It'll appear perhaps in some restaurants, certainly in in plazas, uh, travel plazas and airports. It'll be there. The other part of it is the robotic machines. Now, years ago, I saw vending of both French fries and pizza uh, over in uh, France. Uh, Today, we're starting to see vending machines. And and one I'm going to take a look at next week is a robotic uh, vending machine that actually produces hamburgers. Now, as a marketing piece, McDonald's a few years ago did have a, a Big Mac vending machine, but really, you know, it was a marketing thing. They showed that in the unit. I know that Taco Bell and other people have tested uh, machines that can go ahead and create tacos, and there is a taco machine out there. We saw a Chinese uh, food one. But the idea of a, a vending machine that can do hamburgers on demand uh, and can go ahead and put the toppings on it as if you had a, a hamburger just made right in front of you, You know, that's very interesting. So we're going to start to see the alcohol next to the hamburgers. And all of a sudden, we have a totally automated restaurant. And where's it coming from? From vending. And I could see that being useful in many areas of the food service, travel industry, and the hotel industry as well. And the fresh food thing, I really do not want to miss that particular one. Because the idea of being able to do fresh foods, it's not just ice cream, which we've seen the dipping dots and stuff like that. But any kind of fresh foods like the salads, like the Chinese, uh, like the hamburger, we're going to see chicken, like the French fries and pizza. You know, as they get to be made that way, they can be in front or behind the scenes. And what does that enable us to do? 24-hour operations, including, you know, restaurants that technically could be 24 hours uh, as well, serving those things. And, and people will come around to it. So if we move over to general retail, Uh, We see the point of sale for sure and the other types of POS, but we start seeing the smart stores and we've already talked about, you know, uh, the smart homes and connecting things. And I know we're starting to see more in the way of connected kitchens and devices that can talk to each other. But within a store, there's a lot of connectivity. Uh, We see things like shelf labeling, which is actually digital signage and small form factor that's right in front of your nose. But remember those planograms we talked about earlier in the cameras? Well, the shelf labeling can also send us messages, you know, to what we see. And then the planograms are taking a look, uh, that software is taking a look at the analytics of what or where do we stop? What height does something need to be? But shelf labeling to me is small form factor digital signage. That's really what it is. And because we can do the wireless technologies and the cost is coming down and the battery power is coming down uh, in cost and strength and higher up in strength, We have the ability now to put things in front of us. So I see from retail being able to take what we do in shelf labeling there and applying it to counters, pickup counters, on-demand things, putting it on the table. You know, there's a number of different areas. On top of that, we also see robotics for the delivery of things uh, throughout a retail store uh, and working behind the scenes with inventory uh, that we talked about. But if we switch to a different area of retail, so remember, we have a general retail, mass merchandise, we have the grocery stores, and we've got pharmacies, specialty stores, and then we have convenience stores. Convenience stores are a crossover industry for us. What we see in the convenience stores is a lot of digital signage, but we also see pay at the pump, and we also see uh, stores now... Uh, offering television at the pump, uh, entertainment at the pump, and some of them have tested out um, being able to order food at the pump and the drive through We see different convenience stores doing drive through today, which is a very interesting concept because they will do sandwiches, which is the convenience stores are known for, but they start to also have partnerships with restaurants so that they can uh, 
have the full food service environment in there. And by the way, you can't be buying like 10 different technologies. So this is one of those things where I think that the C-store industry needs to look more towards the food service industry as it relates to the inventories and the back office and the point of sale. But you have to marry that with the gas pump and also the convenience store aspect of the retail. And so those are the technologies that you would find there. So if you're in the food service industry and you're running retail or you're in the hotel industry and you're running retail, you might look at C-Store because they have to go ahead and add retail in. And on top of it, where are the C-Stores going? They're going to electric vehicles. And so they're now taking a look at all their locations and saying, hey, you know, what do we look like? Well, we look like franchised restaurants. We have all these different locations. Some of these C-store companies, some of the gas station companies have 30 plus thousand C-stores. Okay, that rivals the largest of food service companies. So what are they looking at in C-stores across over industry? They're looking at dark kitchens and ghost kitchens. They're looking at delivery because they are able to use these places. But coming back to the electric vehicles, what happens? When they have all these locations and all this real estate and the electric vehicles are either being charged and they take 20 minutes to do. So you got to do something during that 20 minutes, which hopefully is shop. But also you have these locations, people charging at home. They're going to go ahead and have to change those locations with technology into more food service, more delivery and use those facilities out there. And I think that's a crossover industry, by the way. If you're in the restaurant industry and you are doing franchising or you're doing virtual environments, look at the C-Store industry. They are ripe for this. And by the way, went to the C-Store show and a lot of technology there, not so much food service technology, but what do you see at a C-Store chain, uh, at a C-Store show? Well, you see beef jerky, you see pizza, and you see chicken, and you see lots of snacks, okay? I don't know. I just heard vending. I got restaurants out there. You know, I've got a lot of different things that just crossed over in those three things. If you like, by the way, beef jerky, pizza, and uh, burgers and chicken and stuff, great. Great show to get food at, by the way. But I tell you, and snacks. There's a lot out there, but they have to market those. They have to sell those. We sell those as well. And, and I think it's a prime opportunity for more and more partnerships uh, between the operators on our side and the C-stores to make new units that already exist, by the way, which means they don't have to build. Now, on the grocery side, uh, we have self-checkout, which we are doing ourselves. We certainly have scanners, which we know. Uh, we also have handheld scanners. Uh, interesting on grocery, though, is they take those shelf labels, which they have, they also put them on carts. And so carts can have digital screens on them. Carts become kiosk and self-service. And I think that there's some crossover between what we see in the carts. They also do delivery and they do curbside pickup. There are technologies that we should be looking at that fall within the grocery industry because of this, that they are a little bit ahead in some areas of how do they do the curbside pickup you know, uh, or, or in-store pickup in there that we can learn from, especially because they're dealing with fresh products, frozen products, heated products. And we deal with that as well as we look at how do we do delivery and anybody's had grocery delivery at their house, no, we have to deal with it. Well, I've sort of left the best for last and here are the closest ones, the travel industry and the hotel industry. And when I take a look at travel and uh, hotels, they're really uh, very good crossover industries and there are technology shows, by the way, in both. The booking engines, which is how they take reservations and something called revenue optimization, 
you know, are things that we can learn from because we have different day parts and we want to push the time of day and pricing and demand pricing can go up and down. Now, sometimes we see fine dining restaurants doing demand pricing uh, based on uh, uh, the cost of meat or, or fish or things like that. But we can also do it based on demand of people being in uh, the restaurant. The travel industry has introduced 360-degree experiences, which means you can actually go visit the resort. You can take a look at your room, do a 360-degree tour of it. I think we're going to see more restaurants doing the same thing there. But one of the other things they're doing is personalizing the experience. Remember that thing in retail we were talking about, that you could show how something is in your room, how it's in your office, what is it going to look like? You can see yourself and personalize the experience and feel what it's going to be like when you're there. Now, I will tell you, 30 years from now, maybe we're not going to go there and it's going to be immersive technology and we're going to personalize the experience that way. But that's what the travel industry is focused on and bringing to us. The hotel industry is in a number of different areas that are have a lot of technologies that are very useful to us. One of them is energy management, for sure, because we all deal with that. They know how to do a connected room. So they already know how to, and by the way, they do food and beverage, obviously, there as well. But a lot of the focus on the personalized experience and connecting the guest is done throughout a resort or it is actually done within the hotel room. The hotel room is a study of the future of where, do you, where does the smart home and where does the connected guest come together? Okay, so anything that's in the room, whether it's digital TV things, the locking systems, the energy management systems, those are becoming personalized experiences so that when a guest walks in with their own device, they identify themselves using their phone, as we've talked about before, for locking things, but actually customizing the experience and giving the at-home. So if we want to take a look at how that customized experience might work with somebody coming into the food service industry, we can take a look at that. But we also are starting to see the concept of the virtual concierge giving information from the room or before you get there, which is something we talked about on the last episode. We see the micro markets and vending coming in, especially in the limited service segments. We see the expansion of new services and offerings. Never thought I would see some of the hotel guys going into the cruise ship industry. We're not even going to get into cruise ships today, which is a whole crossover industry in itself. But we see them getting into it because that experience you know, can carry forward. And I will tell you, there are two other areas that we can learn a lot from in the hotel industry. One is sustainability, because they really, uh, you know, they really know how to uh, reuse things. And they're really teaching us uh, as it relates to sustainability and, and waste and things like that. But the second one is health and wellness and uh, wellness tourism, that people are traveling for their health. And I think we're going to see a lot more food service uh, involved in health and wellness as well. So, that was, I think, an awful lot uh, to chew on, uh, so to speak, and a lot to um, to think about. And I, I hope it, I really hope it got you thinking. Uh, so I do want to remind you uh, that if you do have some uh, questions and comments and you want to explore some things, uh, you can send me these ideas at coolideas at robertgrimes.com and send any comments or suggestions to acceleratefoodabletv.com. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by the International Food and Beverage Technology Association. The IFBTA is the industry's voice of technology within food and beverage, and it is providing thought leadership as a single impartial go-to resource. The IFBTA offers in-person and online communities to connect with your peers. The Exchange is an all-encompassing global technology directory and an industry-wide professional and education certification program is offered. The bottom line is the IFBTA is your place to gather, learn, and share. 
And with that, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of Accelerate powered by the IFBTA. I am Rob Grimes, your host, and I look forward to our next accelerated conversation together. Thank you.